Thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now, here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. All right, everybody, we're back with another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Count it. Count it. Hope so, everybody's doing good because there's a lot of stuff happening right there's now. There's a lot going on, not just in the world, but also in our lives. And Give them the rundown. Yeah. So first, um, before I say this, I don't want to put any negativity out there. And I also don't want to harp on anything negative. So I'm going to be very clear. However, this is me sharing things because I do feel sometimes we forget to share what's going on in our personal lives and we kind of just dive into topics. But listen, just like anybody else out there, we have our own ball of issues too let's do it let's talk about it um so we're doing much better now but the last week and a half to two weeks have been have been very interesting for us particularly for myself Mm -hmm. um so i I, most of you guys remember this probably if you've been listening week after week i hurt my back doing ab exercises it's really odd um after so many years in january and and this is actually and you're probably gonna this is actually a really good note for people that work out but don't have an actual understanding of the body like the anatomy and how things work together so go into that too because yeah. i can help so our listeners i don't want to like i don't want this to be like chiropractic one-on-one right now because that's what i'm going through I, I go to him three times a week right now we'll do another episode on that but long story short years and years of working out the way that i have been obviously has taken its toll on me and Although not everybody is going to show signs of this, he was he's like really teaching me and explaining to me how like literally 95% of his patients that are in their 30s that come in are ones who've been avid workout or athletes since their teens or their 20s. And it just comes like after 30 years old, like little kinks and things start to appear in your body. Things get kinky. You know? Um, so anyway, I hurt myself and it wasn't extreme or anything, but it was enough to make me stop working out. And he kind of assessed the problem and like, what did I do or my workouts? The first time in January, it was like I did these this ab circuit that I used to do when I was living in Philadelphia in my mid-20s. So I thought nothing of it. I've done it before. It helped me get in great shape. Everything was awesome. And so one week, two, one month before we were going to Tulum in January, I was like, I'm going to start my ab, ab routine just, you know, for the beach. Well, one week into it and all of a sudden, like I had this like pain in my lower back and just it was all messed up long story short i go to the chiropractor for two weeks he fixes me up i start to feel better i go on vacation i took off six weeks from working out just from that little thing and gave my body complete time to rest well fast forward to march all of march i was doing this really low slow impact pilates workout at home but then in the fourth week of it I decided to incorporate this ab video by this girl named Pamela Reef, I believe is how you say it, off YouTube. And I did her videos maybe three or four times that last week. They were all ab focused. Boom. On top of the other one that you did, it had a lot of core work in it as well. You think Melissa Wood Health is core work? 100%. All those Pilates moves you're doing and when you're holding those positions, you're, you have to have a, you're like strengthening your core as you're holding those different moves. So absolutely. It's not the same like doing All crunches. Right, but. Um, so I'm doing this and then within like three days, the like pain comes back in my lower back and I also jacked up my upper back. So obviously it's something with ab workouts that's just not fitting well with my body anymore because of the years of you know, things that I've put it through. And also 
I don't weightlift anymore. So my strength conditioning is not like weights where I'm doing backs and buys and lower back and upper back and hamstrings and legs like I was in my 20s when I was doing ab workouts. So my core could take on that pressure because my back was so strong. But now I'm not doing those same workouts to strengthen each part of my body. It's I have a much more relaxed way of working out now as I get older. So I hurt myself and then this was two weeks ago for the second time. So like I'm out of working out again for the next two months. But then on Friday morning, we wake up to Onyx, our one Frenchie, who's not using her one leg. So, and, and a little backstory, I have to do these like mobility exercises to reshift my spine and, and like kind of recalibrate everything in my body like five to six times a day. And it's like one, just like one thing on my plate to think about, right? So anyway, Onyx is not walking on one of her legs. So we take her to the vet, which is a whole nother shebang of its own because of this COVID thing. It's like a drive through vet now. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to talk to the doctor. You can't go inside, nothing. They like come out in these like this PPE equipment and just take your dog inside. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. They take the dog and... Uh, She's like, oh, no, no, she just needs meds. She just pulled a muscle or a tendon. No big deal. She'll be fine in a week. I'm like, okay, cool. They, they did an x-ray on her too. They found nothing. Yeah, x-ray nothing. It's like $600 right at the window. Bam, in one shot to find nothing wrong with her. Great. We go home and within 24 hours, she's now not using either back leg. Lost total motor control. Not total. For, well, for the most part. But she's like, you know, not standing on her own, which is like freaky and scary because obviously we start googling things and there's like paralyzation and all this nonsense out there so that happens on friday saturday we notice it gets bad i'm texting my vet like crazy um she was so helpful too like she was like on call with me like day in or day night just keep updating me on her long story short she says we need to find a neurologist and the closest one is in columbia which is two hours away and then she's like when she couldn't get in touch with that one she's like the next one is in Illinois, which is another four, which is four hours away. So it's the weekend and we really can't get in touch with anybody and neither can my vet. So like the tension, my anxiety and like my issues were kind of high. I even had like a outburst of like crying and I was freaking out. Brian was like calmly looking at me like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> get it together. Um, but it's, 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 it's tough to like, kind of just like, I feel like everything came crashing down and like within two weeks, like I can't work out. I'm working on my own body and myself now like something's wrong with the dog and we don't know what's wrong with her and like we gotta drive hours and hours to find something for her it was just all very scary long story short monday rolls around and um we find that there's a neurologist here in st louis who's new who just who just got here um several months ago so now it's about trying to get in touch with this neurologist to schedule an appointment because the only takes referrals so we're trying to call, the vet is trying to call, the vet and this neurologist are playing phone tag for about 24 to 48 hours. Finally, I had Brian call that specific place and I was like, let's just talk to the guy ourselves. Like, I'm not going to wait. Brian calls and the front desk guy says, uh, after we explain what's been going on for like five days, he's like, well, you know, we won't, we don't have any appointments for like two weeks. Um, we have a point. We give appointments on two weeks. I'm like, that's not going to work. I'm in the background like, no way. Like, that's not going to happen. These are one of those things, too, which we learned that if, if this ever happens to an animal that you have, it can, the the quality of what's going on with them can decrease super, super fast. And they could like, like Nina mentioned before, 
paralysis is a potential. So you have to be able to be very prompt when you're trying to like get these things checked out, especially in littler dogs like we have, because the tiniest little thing or the wrong movement can go from something with their spinal cord to something much more severe that can cause paralysis. Yeah, if and, you don't if you don't treat it really quickly. And it's odd because deep down inside, as much as I was praying and meditating that she's going to be fine, the next day when we saw that both legs were getting affected I knew that I had so I had someone had to look at her fast and I wasn't going to wait two weeks. So I'm in the background like, no, we're not going to wait two weeks. Like, this is an emergency. Like, he has, he has to see her now. Like, it, it needs to happen now. So I forget exactly what Brian said to the guy, but it forced the guy to ask us to wait while he went and checked with someone. He gets back on the phone with Brian and says, okay, someone will call you guys before the end of the day with the quickest appointment that we can find available to see your dog. I get a call within three hours. But at this point, I am at urgent care with my phone half dead, almost dying, with vertigo. And for those of you that don't know what vertigo is, it just causes extreme bouts of dizziness and imbalance and nausea, um, usually from abruptly moving your one, of the, one side of your body somehow. And I did have vertigo for the very first time back in 2016 that was triggered by allergies and then I had it again in February before I went to Tulum. I actually went to Tulum with Dizzy Medicine and it went away within like three days. And now it was it came back again this month, which is really, really strange and definitely not normal. But a lot of things can trigger it, including stress. So um, I'm sitting at urgent care. The doc, There's a nurse in there. There's a doctor in there talking to me and my phone's ringing and I know that it's it's the place with the neurologist calling. So I'm like trying to do that, trying to talk to them, trying to trying to be nice to the doctors. Then I'm like hanging up on the VSS people, the neurologist. I'm texting Brian, like, call them right now. Tell them we'll take the 9 a.m. appointment. Long story short, we get a 9 a.m. appointment. I get meds for my vertigo. They're like, keep an eye on it. Do these exercises for a week. It should go away. So now Nina has double the exercises, back and vertigo. Exercises. Yeah. So like now, what is it? Today's Saturday. So since Wednesday, it's been two, three weeks I've been doing mobility exercises five to six times a day for my back. And my legs. Now I'm doing three times every night before bed, 30 minute increments. I'm doing these vertigo exercises to move this calcium deposit out of my ear, which is what apparently is causing the issue and the imbalance. And it's just like, this is all I'm, I mean, this is all I'm doing. I'm barely even doing any work because I can't, I can't sit for long because of my back. I can't lay down because of my vertigo. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm just like this like batshit crazy person yeah. just walking out. So to sleep, Nina hung from the ceiling like a bat. <laughs> There's just so much going on. And my problem this morning was like, what's causing this vertigo to happen again a second time within two months? Usually it doesn't come on for years, you know? And the one thing that I did read that kind of resonated with me was stress, I think. I, I just like went through extreme modes of just like back issue again no working out again this COVID stuff is not helpful at all I mean in the back of my mind I I don't watch the news or don't pay attention but like things are starting to weigh I could I could feel that now like in the air in in our home like with our dogs with each other with work things are starting to like weigh down and I feel like I'm I'm not saying anything but I'm energetically feeling those things and I think my body's just reacting this way and trying to like release it because I I mean, everybody knows I try my hardest to like stay calm and meditate and do things to, you know, keep me calm and not be wired. I I haven't even been drinking at all. I think the last time I drank was when we had that Instagram live and I had one glass that night because drinking can onset anxiety and like depression very quickly. 
So that's what we've been dealing with. So our dog is still with the vet. Um, she had surgery yesterday or uh, day before? Two nights ago. Yeah, she had surgery two nights ago. It went very well. It was a herniated disc that ruptured, but it was only in one tiny focal point, which means he was able to clean it up and heal it. And she should be back to her normal self. However, here's the rest of it. We have to make sure that Onyx and Noir don't play with each other, roughhousing the way that they do, because Onyx is now not fragile, but she's not going to, we don't want this to happen again, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got more carpets for our floors. We're going to get to another crate mm-hmm. now to keep them separate for a little while. And she has to go through at least a four week cage Dangerous. rest uh, recovery period as this happens. We can really only take her outside to go to the bathroom and then bring her back in. And she's got to go back in the, the crate for the most part. So basically this is what our next four to six weeks is looking like. Brian's going to help me with my mobility exercises five to six times a day. Then oh, gonna, tell him about the space suit we got. Well, then he's going to carry me upstairs and help me with my vertigo exercises <laughs> three times every single night before bed. Then I'm going to hang her from no, the no, ceiling no. for a snooze. No, wait. And then he's going to be taking care of Onyx around the clock 24-7 while... Uh, juggling his full-time job <laughs> like this is what it looks like at our house um oh yeah so side note for anybody having spinal issues or, or, or anybody that just wants to enhance the health of their spine no 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 i know i'm not going to recommend that because if you don't need to decompress your spine then you shouldn't you shouldn't be you shouldn't be stre- stretching your spine if you don't have an issue um but anyone listening who may have been to a chiropractor or had back issues you may have been told that your discs are too tight together and pushing or bulging and you have to decompress your spine. Well, there's this tool that I found called sit and decompress. Literally, that's what it's called. (laughs) That's what the site is. And it's like this contraption that you hang in off of a bar in your house for like three minutes and it just kind of helps your spine decompress from like the bottom pelvic area, giving natural space for your discs to go back and align themselves. Um, causing healing basically if anybody has that issue i recommend that thing i have another thing coming but i haven't tried it yet well Well, something else that we've been doing this is from when you first got the back injury is and also had to do with onyx having to lay next to her at night is we've actually been sleeping on a hardwood floor with a yoga mat um, every night so i started this about a week ago a little over a week ago and i only did it because my chiropractor said if the if you're waking up in the morning really really sore and your legs are still hurting, but you have no back pain. He's like, something is still causing a di- like distortion in your spine. He's like, it could be your mattress that's just too soft. And he he like went into this huge, like, one oh one lesson for me that day, um, which was like a week ago. And he's like, the mattress companies are like the biggest scam in the world. He's like, I sleep on the floor myself. My wife and I got into a fight ten years ago about this, but I still don't sleep on the bed, and I won't. And he's like, if you sleep on a floor or a hardwood kind of like table type thing, he's like, you'll never have back problems. And if you have back problems, you'll solve them. You will fix them by sleeping on the floor. Long story short, it's the most natural way your spine lays when you're on the floor completely straight. I don't have any issues, but I started testing it out this week. And I think I'm like four or five days in now. And the first night for like the first 60 to 90 minutes, it's a little uncomfortable and it can be a little bit sore in certain places as your body begins to kind of set itself in its natural rhythm with your spine, its natural alignment. And then after that, you fall asleep and you're good. And then like I woke up the next morning and like I didn't have any soreness, like my neck wasn't sore. I work out really hard and like my 
my muscles weren't as sore and now I've done it several nights in a row and I just notice when I'm getting up I feel taller I feel more aligned and the usual like soreness that I would have from working out is very very low compared to what it normally is and that's why I started researching it trying to figure that out and it says when you're when you sleep and your spine realigns itself it's not putting so much energy into trying to correct itself from sleeping on a really soft mattress and I've definitely noticed those experience or noticed those uh, benefits firsthand. So it's kind of an interesting thing I'm going to keep up with for a bit just to test out. Yeah, I sleep fine now that I'm a week in. I think for me, last few nights is my vertigo is causing me problems, but not the floor. And so I will say that if you can get through the first two nights of sleeping on the floor, trust me, you're not going to. I don't miss the bed. Trust, I really no, don't. No, you wake up feeling like so much better. You just feel much more how to, aligned maybe. Like, you know that your spine was in its perfect position and therefore everything in your body was in its perfect position. Something that I've noticed too is that from working out all these years I have, I kind of have a, I would say a little bit of an imbalance. It hasn't caused me any issues like with my shoulders coming forward a little bit. And I've noticed since we've been doing this floor sleeping for the last four or five days, my shoulders have naturally pulled themselves back. So like during the day, my posture is much better. And it kind of provides a much better balance in terms of how your shoulders sit above your hips and how your spine connects them. Yeah. So definitely, I recommend looking into that. I'll keep you guys updated on how this goes and how long we end up sleeping on the floor, but that's what it is for now. Somebody that's been doing it for a long time is your grandfather. Oh, yeah. So my mom's dad, he's about 86 years old now. Big, Um, big dude. Yeah. He's like 6'5", in super good shape. He's always been jacked, but his entire life, he slept on a... It's, it looks like a bed, but it's made out of wood mm-hmm. and it has like sheets on it and whatever. It's and like the equivalent of what we're doing right now, but it's just a bed frame. Yeah. And he was very athletic growing up. So for him, it was more of like a, uh, it was something his coaches taught him, you know, to sleep on this and you'll never have spinal issues. You'll always be able to work out well into your eighties and nineties. Like you'll always be balanced as opposed to sleeping on a soft mattress or sitting on a slumpy couch or at your desk job and then working out. And then crawling because your body like wants to heal the muscles and everything. It like crimps back into the wrong position at night. And that's why we wake up the next morning feeling so sore thinking, oh, that was such a great workout. Look how sore I am the next day. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, your body's just not in this right form. Um, I wish somebody told me these things when I was 20, but whatever. <laughs> Learning now. So we've been doing that. But Brian joined me a couple days into my little floor sleeping session because Onyx, our dog who just had surgery, when she was going through her leg issue, she, for some reason, was not responding to me much, but she would like really, really show enthusiasm and like happiness and no pain and just like, you know, pure love and just be herself whenever Brian was around. So at nighttime, I would notice she would like slump back next to me and just sit in her doggy bed and pass out. And then he started, every time he was around, she'd be up again, like, not walking, but like with it, you know, like mentally. She's only two. So then somehow he was just like, you know what? I should probably just sleep down here with her. Maybe she'll get better quicker. And funny enough, like she'll wake up all night just scratching herself, using her two back paws to itch her ear, all because Brian's there. It was like, the it's the strangest thing. I don't know what it is with that dog and yeah. you. She like, like one of the nights she actually like, knowing that she couldn't use her legs, her back legs, she would like crawl herself out of her bed next to me just to like huddle up right next just to, to my side. Just to put her paw on him while he's sleeping. And then like, <laughs> like, he would move. I would move. I would wake up like five, 
this is also something else that's like, I think caught up to me because I haven't been sleeping. Like now Onyx has been with the vet for two days. I think it's the first time I've slept in like two weeks because we've been like waking up every second she moved at night, like hoping she didn't go anywhere or she has to go to the bathroom. We have to take her just like kind of on edge, basically running on adrenaline. But he would like move or shift. I would hear her rummaging in her little bed right next to us and I would, and I would get up and look and she would just be moving her paw like more to like reach him because he, <laughs> he kind of like in his sleep moved away. But that's that's what's been going on with us. It was a big rant session right there. But now we're on the come up. We're going to go get Onyx tomorrow. She did she's, good. She's she doing successful good. successful surgery. They said she's eating and drinking and walking again, yeah. which is awesome. Just like, like the, the, anybody who knows this was listening to this knows our dog Onyx is like, I don't even like what, like a ball of energy. She is. She's like, even when we dropped her off at the surgery She's center, everybody, they call us and they're like, we love your dog. She like is so energetic. Like she, even though she can't use her back legs right now. No, but she, she was, but she was in pain. Like, yeah. She was in pain. Yeah, she was like, like pushing like, herself to get like, get excited to like to have people pet her. Yeah. With me in the car, she was like somber when we were driving there. When Brian would touch her, she'd like give a little bit of reaction, but she loves new people, like yeah. loves it. And so as soon as they took her, I guess, like even with all this pain, this dog is like a trooper. Like she just wants hugs and kisses and licks and treats and <laughs> wants to bounce all over the place. So she's back to her normal self, um, hopefully, but she's got a long road to recovery for sure. And we have a lot of changes to make, I think. Yeah. It'll be good. Every, from all, everything the doctors told us and the vets that she'll be back, you know, back to her normal back self her before normal long, self, yeah. which is good. But there'll be no jumping on couches. Um, I put doggy gates up. They can't go up and down the stairs anymore because now I also think about our other dog. You know, I don't want this to happen to her. Mm-hmm. Although they did assure me they're like, this wasn't injury prone because if it was an injury, it wouldn't have affected one leg and jumped to the second within 24 hours. Yeah. They're like, so don't, don't beat yourself up over it that you did something wrong. This is not yeah. the case. That, that was something too that I think was causing some challenges for us is we were really beating our heads like, how did this happen? And then come to learn that these these disc rupturing and disc issues can happen out of absolutely nowhere and it can happen like in an instant. Like in they can be doing dogs. nothing wrong in, in some of these small dogs. And that's exactly what happened because the morning when it occurred, I took her outside to go to the bathroom. She was totally fine. Brought her back in, ate, brought her back outside, noticed a little bit of weirdness. And then within like 60 minutes, she like couldn't use her back legs. Yeah. And like it, nothing else had happened. She it, didn't, wasn't playing around. She didn't fall, didn't hurt herself. It was just like, right. just happened out of nowhere. But we are implementing a new lifestyle for these dogs now. Um, and Noir, the other one is like, 15 to 20 pounds heavier than onyx so we definitely don't want them roughhousing for a very long time um but yeah that was that so on to our uh well hold on our stay-at-home order for missouri oh it just got extended for another 30 days yay (laughs) may 15th i think we're at now i go back a couple episodes i was all for this i'm going batshit crazy now (laughs) i need to like i at least need to be somewhere warm is how i feel and be outside more. Like it was 38 degrees here yesterday. But then last week it was 80, 89, I think, at, at one point. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell's going on with the weather either. But yeah, so this is another month of this. I honestly think it's going to go till July. That'd be a long time. It's possible. That'd be a really long time. It would. I just feel like, how can you just say it's well, done and then reopen everything yeah. and everybody just flock outside? And one of the other big issues, too, is the other cities like over in China that had the big lockdown, even though they've officially opened stuff back up, people aren't really integrating with society very much yet. They're still like afraid to go back I would outside. be scared. If, if they said after May 15th, they say this is over, but the cases are still popping up. I'm not going to just go normally to like the store. 
that's not going to happen for a while, mm-hmm. I don't think. That's just human nature to be cautious. But okay, let's not go on to this this, this week's topic. I was uh, inspired yesterday, actually, evening, and I started taking down notes. I do see a lot of people on Instagram, and I do know several people um, personally that I follow their businesses on Instagram too and talk to them and text with them, especially through this whole COVID situation, that are small business owners. Um, And something like kind of popped into my head while I was doing this and I was thinking like, I think that this is a time for people to really step back and reevaluate how are they going to move forward in during these times and into the future. And I'm not saying this to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to project some sort of fear at anybody. Not nothing like that. If you don't resonate with what we're going to say today, then it's not for you. And that's okay. I'm, I'm, we're not fortune tellers here, but with the way that things are going between what I'm watching on the news and what I'm reading online and other people who are kind of high-level people but think outside of the box in our society are saying, I just feel as though the government is doing things to make us more dependent on them. And what I mean, like here's an example. Just this past week, a lot of people got these stimulus checks for what is it $1,200 $2,400 I think depending on like what your status was what people don't understand or weren't told is that this is technically an advance on your next year's tax return so when you go file in 2021 for the year of 2020 it'll be less this amount basically how many people know that where did you hear that on the news How do you like, I mean, these are the things that like irk me to my core and that nobody is asking these questions or nobody's trying to do the research behind this. No one's asking, where's this money coming from? Like, what is the stipulation behind this? They basically played the credit card system game with people. Like, we're going to give you some credit, but we're going to take it back from you. Exactly. Or like, you're going to be, you're not going to get your full refund because it'll be minus this amount that we gave you Mm -hmm. during the COVID situation. And so things like that just start to like, what bothers me on a on a just like internally like tugs at my core is when the public and I'm in a couple text threads with my friends and like this is where it like all blew up and I was like really heated is when people think, oh my gosh, the government is doing such a better job at everything than they were in 2008 because they're so ahead of the game. Well, do you know what the government's doing? They're pulling money out of thin air. Who do you think that affects in the long term? Like, do you think that they can just... We're, we were already in so much trillions of dollars of debt before this. And now we're going to be even more debt. Where is that going to shift to? It's like squeezing a, bu- a balloon on one end and it pops, it like gets on the bigger on the other end. You squeeze in, it goes right back. The problem's right back there. There's nothing being solved here, okay? All it's doing is shutting the masses up for a couple weeks. That's all it's doing. How about teach people how to start their own businesses, how to be creative, how to sell online, how to make their own income and not depend on a job or a company that can be wiped out because of this um, recession that's supposedly about to happen soon. Like you want to make yourself recession proof is the way I can term it in the, in the, on like a small scale, but then like on a bigger scale, I could say like you want to figure out what you could be doing to free yourself and to have several streams of income for the rest of your life 
where no matter what happens in the economy, you're not, you know, blown the way that some people are right now with no jobs and no income coming in and depending on that $1,200 check that God knows when they're going to get again or what's going to happen. Um, and I think all of these things, taking in all these accounts, I was like, why don't people do anything about this? Like we are, we're definitely trying to do things. We're trying to sell more things. We're trying to create more products under our brand and still have everything going the way that it is. We're not sitting on our hands waiting for things to fall to shit. This is like one of the best times in the world ever to create some type of digital product that you could sell because think about it, everybody right now, whether they're during the work week or not, the social media social media usage rates have like skyrocketed, right? So everybody's sitting around on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all these other things. So you have this luxury of whatever it is that you want to sell, whether you provide a service, whether you provide a product, you have a luxury right now of a huge increase in highly engaged eyeballs to raise awareness about what you're doing that can increase your opportunity to actually sell something and, and create these additional streams of income. Yeah, and on a side note, I know some people listening to this might be like, that is so insensitive. During a time where people are dying and this virus is spreading and people are losing their jobs and all this stuff is happening, you want to sell, you want to make money, you're focused on money. My answer to that is yes. You have to step away from the emotions at some point and be very objective about your life, especially those of us that are that have families, have kids, or are in our 30s, not in our 20s, not in school, and not under our parents' roof. Because our future solely depends on the actions and choices and decisions that we make now. And this this applies even more to people that unfortunately may have lost their jobs during COVID, right? Like oh, you yeah. have to now absolutely find an alternative to sustain yourself. And what a better time to reinvent yourself to, than right now to do that when you absolutely have to. You know, it's like, uh, it, I saw this quote yesterday that's really great, and it said, I had to make you uncomfortable or else you wouldn't have moved. And I'm not saying that like that applies entirely as an overgeneralization to the situation, but sometimes when you're put in the most uncomfortable situations is when you actually come up with the most creative solutions because it's out of necessity. I feel as though every 10 to 15 years, something happens in our economy that shakes it up. And a ton of people lose money. A ton of people end up on the streets. A ton of families get destroyed. People lose their jobs. And the kids who are old enough to see it, you know, are affected by it for life. I remember the 2008 recession. We weren't blown as much as most families were, but that's also because my parents are both entrepreneurs and were heavy investors in the real estate space and still are. But they have always had this notion of create your own wealth. Don't depend on a boss. Don't depend on a job. Don't stay stagnant. Continue to, don't just get income from one um, source, make several sources of income for yourself so that if three blow out, you still have another few to lean on and invest in different countries too. Don't just put all your eggs in one basket. So I, I grew up with that mentality and I saw that, but I understand and realize now as I get older that not everybody saw that and not everybody knows that there's more than one way to secure your financial future. So I'm, I'm sitting here on my computer yesterday thinking about all of this, getting fired up and I'm like, why don't people do it? Like, why don't people just go out and like, just try? My shortcomings are, I'm not a good salesperson. I have ideas and I can create things, but then the person to put it in a pretty package and actually sell it um, with analytics and data is Brian. It's That's not my area of expertise. I, However, I do believe that we have to do things that we aren't good at or are afraid to do to make money or to be successful 
And although I'm lucky and I have somebody to lean on, I was thinking like, I, I think the biggest thing is a lack of confidence in, it's just, it's such a simple thing. Like how I'm going to try tie confidence into this and money and like our economy right now. It's just a lack of confidence. People don't have confidence to even say, Hey, I think I'm going to test out a video on Instagram today and see how many people would be interested in this. They're scared to even put up a tiny video or a poll on their Instagram to get a little bit of data from their following. It's, it's just lack of, that's what it is, a lack of confidence in you or in other people and your idea, whatever it is, it's a lack of confidence. And that's what today I think is going to be um, all about. It's about how you gain that unstoppable confidence and just like pummel through all the failures that you might experience or the ups and downs. If people think that it's easy for what we do, um, we just rebranded everything and it's now called by Dixon. We started a new site. We have new products, new books, new launches. If you think that this was easy, first of all, the conception of by Dixon started last May. It is now April of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's 11 months ago. That's how long and it's still we haven't perfected anything yet. And now we have another digital product coming out that took Brian several months from like the inception of the idea to now creating it. Like we have we have fallen and we have failed consistently. And it's like on the back of the uh, on still we like somehow like rummage up after two bad days, gain the confidence again and put ourselves back out there. Like this happens to all of us to the best of us. And I know like people might feel like, why should we listen to Nina and Brian? Do you know who I watch when it comes to like these kinds of things, even during this COVID situation? No one is stopping. No real true business person is stopping their work. They're actually even trying to go harder right now. Kim Kardashian has launched three new products in the last four weeks. Three new products. I'm sure they've been in the making for years. And I'm sure they considered not selling them at this point. I'm sure a lot of stuff happened. I'm sure shipping is slow for them. I think their makeup department can't even ship yet. They're taking orders but can't ship them because their warehouses have been shut down because of the COVID situation. And I'm assuming that has to do with like third party um I mean, us, us right now, we're even having challenges. We just made significant updates to our intuition and innovation book for some new things that yeah. we're going to push. And when we make these updates, we have to submit it to the digital publishing company. And then it takes some time to get your first sample test book back. Well, no, it takes 48 hours to get an author, author copy. Usually, or proof yeah. To, 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 um, to approve. And it took three weeks this three time. Three weeks is time because the supply chain. And the thing was, we are giving... Um, precedence to things yeah. that are more important basically that's essential right but, but it would have been so easy for us to learn about this and say you know it's not even worth it yeah. who cares let's just wait right now yeah. but we said you know what screw that like this is the perfect time to do this who cares if you usually get it in two days and now it takes us three weeks we're still making forward momentum and so that we can still execute on this amongst everything that's happening right now we're not just sitting down and being like what are we going to do yeah do you, so- do you think that it, that blew our confidence i mean well i should speak for myself of course it did i literally looked at Brian I'm like dude we're like two months behind schedule and it's just like well what else are we gonna do you know like do we let this one little hiccup stop us from putting out a really good product that we truly believe in like no and guess what I got the book the other day there was a ton of freaking errors in it and so now I have to wait another three weeks to get it and like what was what was actually great about it is Nina had mentioned that in the making from in my mind for a while, I've been thinking through this digital product. And when we actually learned that the book was going to take us several weeks to get, it literally lit a fire under me. And I was like, 
you know True. what? Screw that. Like, let's do, we're going to move forward with mm-hmm. the book, but I've been thinking through this product for a while now. I'm just going to sit down and do it, right? So like, even though mentally it was in the making for a couple months, over like the last seven to eight days, I literally sat down, didn't turn the TV on one time and all, and in the evenings when I'm not doing all my other work and on the weekends, I've just been gunning it. And I've literally been able to create an entire construct for this digital product and on all the infrastructure and puzzle pieces in place to the point now where I can actually executing on putting it together so that we can package it and sell it over the course of like seven days, right? Like I've been thinking about it for a while, so I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but it just shows you that like I was put in an uncomfortable situation because I wanted this book to be done and it couldn't happen to the point where I said, screw that. I'm going to put this together and make this other thing happen. I don't have to wait on anybody because it's a 100% digital product. And so, you know, put in an uncomfortable situation, come up with a creative solution, make it happen. And probably over the next couple of weeks, we'll be in a position where we're ready to package it up and so sell it. So two things happened. Our book got pushed back. We have more errors in it. So now I'm going to wait another three weeks. But out of it came another product that we don't have to depend on a publisher to create for us. So it's almost as if like we didn't let anything stop us or get our confidence down. Emotionally, yes, I was pissed. Emotionally, I had like a little freak out. Of course I did. And we kind of were like, oh no, like what do we do now? You know, but the actions I think speak louder. And the reason we're sharing this is not to not to gloat or not to be like boastful, like we're doing this or that. No, no, no. That's not my, that's not my reasoning. My reasoning for sharing this is like to show you guys behind the scenes of what really goes on in our lives, but how when we go on Instagram or we go on our websites and we connect with you guys and we sell, like it takes a lot of failure on the back end for us to go back out every single day and put ourselves out there. It takes a lot for me to get that other blog up. It takes a lot of like, internal turmoil and like overcoming it again and again and again and getting over these setbacks that we're now also being affected by because of the COVID situation to just continuously not let it hamper our confidence or overcome it again and again and just plow through it. And so when you or anybody else listening is trying to make a new stream of income or try to be very creative during this time, that they have at home so that this never happens to them again and they're sitting without any income. Just remember like every single person you see selling online or doing something or creating a brand has several bad things go in one day. Trust me, it's, 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 I'm not going to say that it's impossible to have a great day in business, but even like Kim Bierman or Kim, uh, Kim Kardashian or anybody else selling on the thing, I'm telling you, they get phone calls of like mass hysteria, like, oh my gosh, this product went out and it was defected or the shipment's not going to go off for another three weeks. Like they deal with these things all the time. Here's the difference between them and any Joe Schmo on the street. Joe on the street will give up when he hits one barrier or two or five or 10. The people who have made it, they never give up. They continue to go and they never let anything blow their confidence whatsoever. And as I'm going through this, I think Brian has already mastered this, but I am learning to go through this now myself is that I won't let something emotionally shake me to the moment of paralyzation, basically. I will freak out. I will get upset. I will cry. I will scream. I will get down and out for 24 hours, but I won't let that hinder my actions. I'll get right back up on there the next day and do what I have to do, whatever that may be. And so I think that's the difference between people who make it and people who don't even take that first step. It's like all about confidence. And so... 
do you have anything to say? Because I kind of want to go into like how you can build your confidence during oh, this time. I mean, I think a lot of the points you made are completely accurate. One of the things that you said earlier that I thought at the moment was there's one of the biggest challenges that I see with people to help get them to this point with more confidence is when they may have some creative idea of something that they want to do, but they never take their idea and bring it into form because they're so terrified that somebody will say something that they don't agree with. Somebody won't purchase it. Somebody will give them bad feedback and they never actually take this divine inspired thought that they have that they could actually have some amazing creation out of and they just stop right there. And I think that's the biggest issue is if you can get over that initial hump and actually have the confidence to take it to the next level, that's just the beginning of the snowball going downhill to help build your confidence more and getting bigger and bigger and bigger throughout time. But you have to overcome the first obstacle, which is a self-imposed obstacle of your own mind telling yourself you can't do something. And once you figure that out and you master that and you have the balls to take it to the next level, that then everything else becomes easier because then all of a sudden now you've created something. Someone says, you know, I don't like this part of, of what you've built. You should test this out. Take, thanks for the feedback. Keep moving forward. Thanks for the, you know, whatever ends up happening, your resiliency is just like a muscle in the body, right? Like it has to be exercised and worked out to get stronger and you can become more resilient in time. Like Nina just mentioned, like I have become much more resilient in things that I do, but it's after years and years and years of having to overcome challenges and obstacles to the point now where I look at everything so objective that like the situation with our book, it's like, okay, no big deal. We got to wait three more weeks, but I want to do something now. So I'm going to create this new thing out of it. So I'm turning challenges into opportunities all the time. Yeah. I also think a good way to look at things is it always helps me personally. Everybody learns differently, right? So there's two things I'm going to mention here. It helps me a lot to look at people who are already successful that I look up to, um, especially in the uh, in the lifestyle business and the industries that I'm trying to branch out into. And when I see them or I watch their shows and I see the things that they go through and they face, but they still kind of plow on, that motivates me and shows me how to carry myself. It teaches me when I see... When I see that, uh, when Kim Kardashian had that whole skims issue happen with her, that um, Japan like lashed out and said, you can't call it kimono. And like, she lost like $3 billion, whatever happened. All of her stuff was already pre-stamped with kimono on it. So she had all this fabric and all this product that was going to go to waste and she's going to lose money. I forget how she solved the issue, but how she chose to handle that. It's like everybody, problems are not just for the sum or the few we all face those obstacles in business or in things that we set out to do that are new for us and scary for us. Was she pissed at first and like freaking out and scared? Yeah, she was. They showed it on her show. But then she also was like, okay, well, I need some like, she has a team obviously to help her, but like, she's like, I need, I need a creative idea here. Like, what can we do? How can we salvage this? Or this is like millions of dollars down the drain. When I see other people that I look up to handle problems I try to put myself in their shoes or remember how they would handle something. So that's how I learn and I help myself and strengthen myself. There's nobody really in my life, in my personal life that I look up to in that way. Um, I do find my, both my parents are very resilient people. They can very objectively step back and uh, just kind of like attack things head on for sure. But I, they're definitely in a different industry than I'm trying to be in, I feel. But another way to think about this is if, if you guys... If somebody has a hard time looking at other people and learning from them and trying to mimic how they've overcome things, whatever it is that you're trying to get right now, um, keep your job or create new sources of income, 
create a company out of this, out of these dire times, get financially stable, create a new source of income by selling something on Instagram or Facebook. You have to, you have to step back and think for me to become that successful entrepreneur or for me to make a successful sale, I have to become that person. And that's very, very hard to remember in like the moment of distress, but hear me out to become that person who sold 1 million copies of her book by herself on her site. I have to think like that girl. I have to work like that girl. I have to put that energy and that vibe out like that girl. Like I'm going to be her. I am her. That means when my book is pushed back by three weeks, the first time I don't give up and sit down and say, I'm not going to sell it anymore. That means the second time when they come back at me with errors in my book, and again, it's pushed out for another three weeks, totaling six weeks, I don't step back and say, I'm not going to sell that book. To become that person, I have to walk this path and I have to stomp on every hurdle that I get through. And you have to act like you've already sold him. Yeah. Right. You which have is to, which is not easy. Which I, is there's like that quote, it's like fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. And in a sense, there's like a lot of truth to that when it comes to manifesting things. I call manifest it until you make it. I but agree. like you have to think as if you've already accomplished this each and every day. And it may take you years to mm-hmm. do that. But if you're not thinking that way, you will not accomplish it. Yeah. You have to land that's if you want to be on stage and give motivational speaking stuff, then you have to energetically mentally be there it might take years before you get your first shot trust me but it, it bet it's going to be years of you energetically putting that out there like i will i can i want to i'm ready at the right time the doors will open i can do it and this goes for not just money or career in life or making other streams of income which is basically the the whole topic today but this even applies to finding your um lifelong partner You know, finding your husband, finding your wife, becoming the best athlete there on the court, becoming the best ballet dancer or being at the top of your class in in school and like, you know, graduating valedictorian. You have to project that and you have to understand that the thing that you're asking for or the thing that you're desiring so bad is only going to come about if you realize that you have to become that person. That's why they say it's about the journey, because by the time I do reach my goals in life, I will have become the person who could handle that success. Can I handle $1 million in sales? Do I know what to do with $1 million? Or am I going to get it, let it get to my head and blow it away on, you know, booze and strippers? You know, like that's what it's all about. Nina is a big problem with booze and strippers. <laughs> I'm just using an example. Like, you have to become that person. Can you handle that type of pressure? I'll tell you right now, a lot of people cannot handle the pressure of becoming an entrepreneur. Like everybody wants to do it and it's like a big buzzword, but honestly, it takes a lot of emotional, like, strength and a lot of like up down up down like oh it was a good day today was a bad day it was a good day a bad day like it's like a lot of like yo-yoing i think the best way that i've defined it over the years i agree with you like it's an emotional roller coaster but how i look at it if you for the people that i see that are the most successful entrepreneurs or companies that we've invested in or like even how i've tried to become throughout the process of different companies and concepts that ventures that we've launched is patient objectivity yeah like you have to be so incredibly patient with everything and you have to view everything with complete objectivity or else you will go on this emotional roller coaster ride and it will be freaking miserable at times and it will be super exciting at times until it's miserable again right and if you can just keep an even keel and be incredibly patient and look at every situation detached and objective from it you'll get there and you'll in the path and process will be more enjoyable 
in these last several weeks, I've, I've been very tested. Like I already shared with you guys, the ups and downs and like me being triggered to a point of like severe stress. But I sometimes take things that I'm learning in business, um, right now and do apply it to life too. Like when the whole thing happened with my dog earlier this week or last week, I like, there was like two or three straight days of me just like losing my shit. Like I was like an emotional wreck. I was so scared for her. I was, I felt so helpless. I was like sad. I was also angry at Brian at moments for not being more like gung ho with like trying to figure out where we can get a neurologist. Like I was, you know, the blame game starts when you're like so down and out, but I'm aware of all of this. I'm at a point in life where when I do have my tough moments, whether it's personal life or business life, in the moment of my freakouts, I'm very well aware where I'm right and wrong. It's just that I get so swept into it that I don't have a control over it yet. And so that's the stage I'm at in my in my learning with life right now. But when I look back, I realize like once we figured out what happened to Onyx and she was at the vet and I came home, in my mind, I was I started to realize like, okay, now I don't control the outcome. Now we have to wait for an MRI. Whatever happens, it'll be the highest and best and I have to let go. This is the part where I can't control. I got her to a neurologist. We found somebody. We got her there in a good amount of time. She's not paralyzed. Like everything's fine. Now I cannot like wrap my head. I just cannot. I'm going to go crazy because that MRI took all day for us to get a phone call back from. And so I let go completely. Um, I literally was having self-conversations with myself in the car in my head while Brian was driving. Like, this is it. It's all in God's hands. And that's what I took things that I've learned in business and I applied it to my dog all of a sudden. So when I say that this confidence topic and all of the things that we're talking about just doesn't apply to money and career, it doesn't. It applies to all areas of life. And once you've gone through enough scenarios and situations in life that keep bringing you down and you pull yourself up, bring you down, you pull yourself back out of it, you start to see a pattern of life in general. Like, oh no, I'm starting to feel this way again. And it's like, now it has to do with my relationship. You know, you know how to step in and say, all right, it's out of your hands. You let go and you deal with what comes. Something you said to me several times this past week, it's just the card that we're dealt with. And so now you play that card. And that's how I felt with our dog. Like I felt everything was crashing on me between my own health pro- health things with my um, injury and this and the vertigo that I was just like, okay, like whatever they do with Onyx now, whatever they do, I will like just love her and I will do whatever I can to help her recover. And it was fine. Like instead of building up my anxiety for like eight hours waiting for the MRI test to come back, I just kind of came home and just, you know, Tried to t- did everything to take my mind off of it, basically, is what I did. Mm-hmm. And then when we got the call about everything, yeah, I wasn't happy that there's a ruptured disc in her back. But then when he said surgery will fix it, you damn well believe that in that moment, surgery felt like music to my ears, that she's fixable. But 10 hours prior, surgery was making me like have heart palpitations. Like, she better not have surgery. I hope she's okay. I hope we can just fix her and heal her. I think like, largely we think like that way too because Nina and I's mindset is around what is everything we can possibly do to heal naturally. ourselves on our own yeah. naturally, homeopathically. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've never had to have surgery. You've never had to have surgery for anything. Mm-hmm. And so we've always been able to heal ourselves naturally. And so when we hear that, we, we immediately think, okay, well, what could we naturally do? And then when you kind of learn about, in this particular scenario, how surgery is basically like a fix and it's better in the long term versus what we could have potentially done. And it takes her pain away. And it takes her pain away, which is most important. And it's like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Like, 
when they told me that I was already on the phone, speakerphone with the doctor and I was Googling, you know, chiropractors for dogs, <laughs> like yeah. I, we were doing that, but it just taught me how I was able to pivot my emotions where I now can see the difference between what I can control and then freaking out because I'm not taking the right action or I'm, I'm expecting Brian to take the action, right? That's another bad thing. Like we can have freakouts because we feel like someone's not doing something. Well, maybe you're the one who should be doing something. And instead of putting the blame on somebody else energetically or getting frustrated with somebody else, you should take you know matters into your own hands. I think that's a big challenge. That's a big one. It's a big challenge in relationships too, and this can apply to anything, is yeah. that one person could be thinking that the other person should be doing more, mm-hmm. but they're not vocalizing, they're not vocalizing it. it. But, and so they're absorbing that energy inside and it starts to piss them off or they become resentful or they become upset. And then the other person is maybe completely clueless to that because they don't have any idea because they've never expressed themselves and communicated about it. Agreed. And that can cause a lot of issues in relationships. Agreed. Like I was kind of handling and spearheading the whole Onyx thing since the inception of it. Brian actually noticed like something's off about her. But then I was the one communicating with the vets. I was the one calling nonstop. I was the one calling her after hours and sending videos of Onyx to our vet at like 10 p.m., you know, and talking to her about neurologists, looking for them online. But when the person was playing phone tag with our vet and we were on day four or five at this point i was losing it and when he said no we won't have an appointment for two weeks that's where i was just brian i need you to pick up the phone and yell at somebody like now i need a guy to step in and just like get shit done we need an appointment now and i had to vocalize that but internally i'm just like i'm out here doing everything i possibly can trying to figure out what i can do with this dog and nothing's working Long story short, back to my point, I'm talking in circles now, is that you have to apply these lessons and these learnings of this confidence that you might get in one area of your life to all areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And it'll take some time and it'll take some practice and it'll take a lot of failure to finally realize it. Like now I'm at a point where this vertigo shit has my mind running rampant, you know, and even my back, I'm on week two and a half now. It's still not completely healed. We went for like a quarter mile walk yesterday and it was like triggering something in my leg again which is not a great sign and it's not something I want to deal with but mentally my mind keeps jutting that way you know I mean I'm talking on this podcast right now and every time I turn my head to the right the vertigo kicks in and so what I'm trying to do now is like okay just do what I've been told do my exercises be patient give it a week so what can I control my exercises and how many times I do them how well do I follow directions with what I should be doing with my body? And now I have to be patient and wait, you know? So the confidence part comes in where like, do I have confidence in my ability to do the things that I have to do to fix myself? Yes, I do. I'm not going to let the current disposition of me feeling not 100 throw me off, you know, where I say, I say like, oh, fuck it. I'm just not going to do anything. I'm sick of doing these mobility exercises and I'm sick of doing these vertigo exercise. Now I have to take care of a dog for six weeks straight. Like there's a lot going on in my head, but it's my confidence that'll say, no, I can. And I will stick to these. I will stick to this routine. Even if it takes me another fucking month, I will do it. I will do what I have to do so that after another month, I can look back and say, I did everything I physically possibly could to help myself. Um, Same with this dog now, you know, we're both like, We have to be extra careful. It's another thing on our plate to be careful about. We can't let her roam around. She has to be in cage rest. That's something else on our plate that we have to think about. But it's like, okay, we're going to be committed. We have the confidence in each other and together to get this dog right back and healing to 110%. 
Oh, and, you know, deal with life and jobs and work that we have going on at the same time. So I think it's important. There's two ways to look at confidence to circle back is you look at other people who are successful and really look up their lives and dig deep and, you know, try to connect with them and see how they handle failures in life and how they get over that hump every time. Or you realize that, hey, I have to become that person. I wish in 10 years that I can have this financial freedom. In 10 years, I'm married with kids. Or in 10 years, I'm this. Or in one year, I'm this. Put yourself in those shoes and be so honest with yourself. Like, can you handle that right now? If you are somebody who wants to be married and have kids, honestly, could you do that right now? Are you in a financial position to do it? Are you emotionally in a position to do it? Are you in a health position to do it? Are you self-aware enough to be in a healthy relationship with somebody to have kids with them, you know? So you have to, when you look at that, that's what gives you confidence. And that's what says like, okay, I have to grab that person slowly. I have to become that person. You know, if Brian wants to be this buku billionaire hedge fund guy, he has to, in the process, energetically become that guy who can handle the stress of that. The stress that comes with something like that is probably nothing that we can even fathom right now. We don't even know because we're not there yet. Um, but you have to have a lot of vigor in anything that you're trying to get or become. Um, here's another example I'll use. Even people who are, you know, like top athletes or really famous performers and singers and motivational speakers, they all get nervous. They all have things in their lives that they have to push the envelope on and don't have confidence in, but still do that thing. There's a really old episode of Don't Be Tardy where um, Kim Zolciak is asked to speak at a woman's expo. And hello, she's a celebrity of like 10 years. She has a song out. She's on reality TV. Do you think she has a problem with public speaking? Do you think she's shy? Well, it turns out that she is shy when it comes to something live that's not taped. She doesn't know how to just go up there and speak on some sort of topic for 45 minutes. You know, like that's, she was scared. Like she didn't have confidence to do that. And they go through the process and show in the show, like how she goes about it. And it's just like, if you don't do it, if you don't try it, you'll never have the confidence to do it again. So it's almost like a, it's a weird like catch 22. Like you do things when you're not confident to get the confidence to do it. Does that make sense? Like that's how you have to look at things. So for personally, for us, I feel like we've been pushing the envelope a lot lately. And that's the best way, in my opinion, to to exercise your confidence muscle. Jump into it. Do the things that you don't feel confident about. And then all of a sudden you do it once. You're like, okay, that was kind of scary at first, but it wasn't bad. Then next time, less scary. Next time, less scary. And then it's fun. Five or six. You're like, this is actually fun. I got this down. Yeah. And it it applies to everything. I I saw a lot of people during this, um, when this pandemic situation started, kind of backtrack on their goals like oh I don't want to go back to school or this is pointless all this is useless all these like all this like giving into the negativity of what's going on and I'm in the back of my mind thinking this is going to be over someday like you're going to go back to your life so you might as well use the time to do something and learn a new skill this is not the time to say oh this this stuff doesn't matter and I don't know why I'm doing it or this no people who push through and people who pull through chuck the emotions to the side and just like objectively just like have tunnel vision and just gun it. And there's there's upside to that lifestyle. My mom had called me two or three weeks ago and said, Nina, I'm letting you know that I'm sure you guys are you know worried about the economy and worried about what's happening. But listen, 
we've been through a recession before and it's the people who come out on top are the ones who don't take their eye off the ball. You don't take your eye off the prize. You might have to pivot how you get there. You might have to, it might take you longer to get there, but you have to keep pushing forward. She's like, if you want to live that lifestyle and you want to have that freedom and that financial freedom and security for you and your family, she's like, you have to keep at it. Like you don't let this stop you. And I saw a lot of people get stopped just because they didn't, they couldn't handle it emotionally. You know, they're just like, oh, well, screw it. I just lost two months of sales or I can't do this or I can't do that. And that's just not any way. That's not setting yourself up for success, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. I think that you have to be much more tougher than that and have more confidence in that. And with that, that, with, the, with that being said, also, here's some like tiny points that I had written down yesterday. Um, I think first off is to think about like, where confidence even comes from. I think it's very subjective. When I'm on Instagram blabbering away, people might think I'm, I'm confident, but I'm not. I am woke up that morning and I forced myself to put myself out there. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. Me on, the, on both the creator side now and the receiving side, I do look at other people and I can see like, this girl's really trying. Like, you know, this person's really putting themselves out there today. Or like, this person pre-recorded this thing as content and filled it up and like is like pre-planning her stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, it still takes confidence or like a lot of fear to get through to do these public kind of things, so to speak, or even like put out a website. I think it takes a lot. But that could be used in your favor. If you are saying something or doing something on Instagram, people perceive you to be confident, but you're really not. Aren't you already doing a good job? Well, perception is reality, so of course. You know, like my one of my most recent examples um, in something that was very non-traditional that I did, but you were there for it, was a photo shoot we did for By Dixon. And I had done live video photo shoots before, which was like very nerve-wracking. Like I remember I was super scared for our book promo when we were doing it. Like I was shaking. Like I was doing the stuff that they were telling me to do, like the running moves, the yoga moves. And I was internally like my body was shaking yeah. the whole time. And like I was like sucking in my chin up and I was like trying to make my posture straight. Like it was it was torture. But now I feel like I could do it again, you know, with no problem. But this photo shoot, I was excited. I knew I had to do it. But when the day came, I like, I couldn't even like talk to Brian normally because my mind was just like all just like I was like so like oh my god oh my god oh my god I have to do this right I have one shot to get this right like blah blah blah. but once I did it it took a good hour or two for me to like get in the zone after that it was like we were cruising through it it was a seven hour photo shoot and that was the first time I did that and I was thinking to myself like you can tell that I'm not confident in the first few shots because I'm super like I don't even know. I look like I'm about to like go after somebody. <laughs> even when Nina was watching me take my incredibly risque photos, she was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was just like, I was very, um, let's just say like there was no confidence there. Like I was just, I was pushing past the fear and I was putting myself out there shot after shot after shot. And then finally we got to the several last looks and then it was just like coming through. And like some of like the more riskier shots was the last shot that we took, the last outfit. And I was like looking at those pictures yesterday. I'm like, damn, I, I killed this one. Like <laughs> it took seven hours for me to gain that confidence and just be like, throw it out there and see what it looks like. But um, now that I put myself through that and through those emotions and even shared it with the world, now I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's not something I fear. It's something I look forward to now. It's something I'm going to enjoy now. And it's not going to be something that will ever 
paralyze me or push my projects behind because I'm scared to take action in something. Um, with that, I think there's a couple notes here too. Like it, the point here is that you have to do things that scare you all um, the time. We, and I'm not saying like, I hate roller coasters. I'm not telling people to go out and get on a roller coaster. Like I'm not getting on one anytime soon. <laughs> We've all, you and I have gone through that experience. Yeah. It's not happening. I hate it so much. I can't do it. That going on a roller coaster isn't going to do anything for me. It doesn't make me money. It doesn't make me success. It doesn't make my relationship better. It doesn't make me a better person. I don't care. But when it comes to real solid things in life that you're scared to do, but you know you have to do or scared to do, but you also kind of want to do them too. And you wish you could, if you want to be that person up on stage or you want to be on reality TV or you want to be like the billion dollar lifestyle brand, there's things that you're going to have to do that might scare you. And you're going to have to push past and like build your confidence on your way there. I watched this really awesome uh, video the other day. I forget the name of the guy, but he was being interviewed and he had built a very successful gym business in New York. And they had like this gym everybody was coming to and he had built it from scratch in New York. And he's like, I really liked the New York life. I was a fan of like the public transportation system. And we, we had built this very successful fitness business. And he goes, and I reached a point when we had built it that I felt myself becoming a little comfortable or complacent because of the success that we had attained with this business. It's like it, it became very routine, right? Like I would get up, I'd go to work, we trained these people, we had all these amazing people come in, our revenues were increasing and things were going really, really well. But internally, I felt like all the fire I had initially when I did this was starting to level off and plateau and it was just becoming much more of a routine. And he goes, so I wanted to like, he's like, once I started feeling that after a little bit of time and I started realizing that within myself, he goes, I had this switch that went off and I was like, you know, I got to go do something else that's going to really challenge me as opposed to like, I don't want to just continue to do this. I don't want this to be the rest of my story. Right. And so he goes, I started looking around and thinking, he's like, I wonder if I could go build something else in a different city, a hundred percent different city where I don't know anybody and just move there with no contacts, no resources, and just try it again from scratch and do it all over. And he goes, I start telling my friends about it. And even the other people that were part of the gym that we built so successfully, I'm like, you're crazy. You're like, you don't like to drive. You got to drive in Los Angeles because you wanted to go from New York to LA. And they're like, there's all these things you can't, you can't do that. Why would you want to do that? You have everything so set up for you right here. Things are going so well. And he goes, but internally I had this desire to do something else. So he goes, I, I ended up passing off everything I was doing with the gym business, sold myself out of it. And I moved to Los Angeles, not knowing a single person. And I decided what I wanted to do when I got there. He goes, I just went out. I started networking. I started something new. And he goes, and now a couple of years later, I built this into a huge success. And I was able to prove to myself by having the confidence to do it and building that confidence up over time that it doesn't matter what I do. You can put me anywhere. I can go to an environment where I don't know a single person. And I know I'm going to come out on top because internally I know that I'm going to come out on top, regardless what anybody else says. And I thought that was such an amazing story that can really play into this topic of confidence that we're having today, that if you internally never give up and you can go go do what you know that you can do, right? Not what other people tell you you can or can't do, but what you internally know you can do and have the persistence and resiliency, you will boost that confidence and make it happen. Yeah, that brings up a point of like, I think that confidence, gaining confidence and overcoming fear consistently is a long-term game. That's why I say that this doesn't just apply to one area of life, like money and career, which is like the main point of today's episode. No, you have to consistently push the envelope and only you can do that because only you know what you're so afraid to do, but you know you have to do it, right? And if you consistently do that and apply this principle in all areas of your life, then you're going to 
keep pushing forward and growing and progressing in all areas of your life into the long term. A lot of people do it once and then they're like stagnant. Well, that's not how it works. You're going to hit up, you're going to hit another thing that's going to, you're going to be afraid to do and you're not going to do it. You know, like I think sometimes people have a hard time connecting like, okay, so in career, I can do anything it takes. I can put myself out there. I can, you know, um, get on a stage and speak or I can sell, I can do this and it's scary, but I keep trying and I climb and I climb and I keep getting all the success. But then when it comes to like dating, they're like, they can't, you know, like they, they freeze up or they don't know how to like gain their confidence or go on several dates in a night to, to boost their, con- like to try to overcome the fear of meeting people. You know, sometimes there are people like that. They're really good at one thing, but then they're really like failing in like one other area of life because their mind, they're not connecting like, Hey, the same principles I used here in my career are the same principles I can use in my personal life or in my dating life. Same principle that I used with vigor and to overcome things in my career, I can use for my fitness and for my body or for my health or for my friendships. Like this stuff, this confidence topic literally applies to everything and anything in our lives. And you have to look at it as a long-term thing. Just because you did it once and got over it once, trust me, there's probably 10 other things that you can work on right. and um, try to get over I mean, I talked a and lot I, today. <laughs> I think, I think too, for humans in general, I think this is our mindset, but it's very rare to see somebody who has the same passion to do the same thing their entire life. I almost feel like a lot of people are, I know I am, a lot of people are wired in a way where you can do something for a certain period of time and then it's almost like you need change. You need adaptation to something new. Um, but I think it's more... I do, but it's because I get bored. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I think a lot of people like... To do, to have the same passion to do, the, even people that like say like, you know, the actors or the singers and the musicians and this and that, like they may be so passionate about this art and craft that they do, but after a certain period of time, like interests change, lives change, right? Like, and you, and you adapt to something new. And even I think that's, down to the types of roles, exactly. they, they start to change that because the same shit's not working for them anymore. Yeah. And I think that's part of the natural human evolution is to really have the confidence to be okay with that change and embrace it and listen to your inner voice and intuition when it's telling you it's time for something new. You've yeah. you've created this amazing chapter right now. It's time for you to create the next chapter and it doesn't have to be the same thing as it was before. Yeah. We're we're always so attached to the the same story and we get so complacent without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Um and it takes a lot of soul searching and like reflection I think to come back and realize like okay, well, I'm really uncomfortable here, but I'm really scared for the next change too. And I wish I could just hold on to this stage of my life, you know, where everything is just, it's okay, you know, but that's because what you should be doing or what you want to do, you're scared to do because you don't have confidence because it's going to shake you up a little bit, but you have to be in constant. um, I think there's, I always think of uh, Tony Robbins when he says, he's like the one thing that'll, uh, that keeps a human going. It keeps the human race going or the human spirit is progress. Mm -hmm. If there's no progress, you die basically. And I haven't really met anybody now that I'm thinking about it. I haven't met anyone yet who isn't moved by progress. We all want some sort of progress every day, whether it's in our finances and our careers and our relationships and our health we're all doing something to progress what's funny too if you think about that like even if you think about somebody who's like a monk right that's trying to detach from everything and what most people would consider progress their progress is the progress of, of detachment this, of the detachment of the yeah. spiritual that is that is such a good point because i do tend to this is something i probably have never shared before but 
I sometimes do look at monks and I've watched a lot of documentaries on them too. And in some ways, my uncle, my mom's brother is very monk-like too. And he's somebody I look, I look up to like big time. And I think about that lifestyle a lot. And I think about just like letting everything go, walking away from all of this, from money, cars, any kind of future dreams and success that I, you know, want or want to attain or any kind of things that I want to do personally that are on my plate right now. I think about just walking away from it all and just going back to a very simple life where all I have to, to think about or work on is myself. I don't have to worry about a family, a husband, dogs, or family members, or friends, or who I'm pissing off, or who I'm hurting, or who I'm stepping toes on, or who I'm offending by posting something on Instagram, or who I'm offending by being myself. Like, just let it all go. Like, this thought crosses my mind at least once a day, that just renounce it all. And I think about it, and then I think, huh. But then that's just a whole new phase where I have to, now I have to progress and focus on becoming this much more inner inward spiritual being who has a lot more levels to overcome and there's more work to be done there and more like things it's a lot not, of levels to this shit yeah it's not gonna levels. be it's not gonna be an easier path but me wanting to do it is because i'm thinking it's gonna be easier than all the things i'm doing right now and that's not necessarily the case mm-hmm. i think even in that moment there's gonna be something i'm gonna be reaching for trying for getting over the fear of gaining confidence in okay shave my head and wear an orange robe like i have to go over that hump too like i don't have the confidence for that right now orange is not your color orange is not my color (laughs) so like the thing just i think it's like a small basic level like humans are for progression like that's just what that's what we live for i think that's just in our dna Mm -hmm. and sometimes we get in our own way and we let others opinions and judgments stop us and i think you notice too with a lot of people that may suffer from anxiety or depression. What I've often seen in people that, I, that I'm aware of that they're suffering from these things is they lack the they lack the motivation for that progression or they don't know what path they're on. So they're scared and there's things out of their control and they don't have that desire that keeps them pushing forward. And so without that desire that you like get up and and move forward with, it's a lot easier for your mind to become distracted and be upset about things or depressed that things aren't going right. Well, I think that happens when they're confused. They're they're confused about, they're, they're confused about what they want. They don't know. They don't have a full clear picture of yet what they want. Like, I think that's when you stay stagnant and I think that's when you're scared and I think that's when you don't have the confidence and you have fear. When you're not clear on it, you tend to regress or stay put out of fear. But when you're clear on something and you do know it and this is something you've been wanting to do for years or you're naturally inclined towards something, you not trusting that now or taking action is a lack of confidence in yourself. So those are two different things, I think. Um, once you're clear, you need to like full force go ahead even if it's even if you're ten percent clear, I think that's enough. But people who are completely confused and are just like, I don't know, I don't know. Um, and if you're clear on the end game, the best way to get more clear on the path is, is to go. create subtasks and go and go. Yeah, I think the, the clarity comes during the path. That I've learned in the last year, probably. You only get clear as you go. Like it took me to to just get a podcast and do a podcast. Did it didn't work out with one person. Then I kept going and I was like, then I pivoted. I got you as my co-host. I pivoted that. I took it off anchor. Like I, I had a lot of, um, a lot of like clarity happen on my path of this as much as I wanted it to be perfect from day one and have it be so successful. and just like, you know, never have a hiccup. 
that wasn't the case for me. Um, There's a lot of things I had to get over and, and jump through to get this thing going and to still have it going. And that's just, it only happened on the path, like on the journey. And that's with a lot of things, I think, mm-hmm. especially Absolutely. on, there's people who like create businesses or like you create, you make mistakes and, but then you learn and just the path becomes clearer as you go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Guys, I'm all talked out at this point. Yeah. That was a good episode. I think we talked about a lot of good stuff, hopefully, that people find value in. And especially during a challenging time like this, this is going to be something that if you can build your confidence in a challenging time, just wait till the times become better. Because yeah, then guys, you're going to be way ahead of the game. Yeah, I don't think the, the whole point of this, if you get anything out of this episode, of course, as always, please um, question everything, even, even question things that I say or Brian says, and come to your own conclusions and do what's best for you. That's ultimately what the whole goal of this podcast is. Any episode, that's the goal. You guys have to do what's best for you and what you feel is right for you. But if you get anything out of today's episode is is don't give up, you know, this pandemic will be over, the virus will be over, the economy will bounce back, everything will be fine. It's just how can you stay ahead of the curve? How can you be creative during this time? And how can you take your financial matters into your own hands and don't leave it in the hands of your government? I sound like a conspiracy theorist right there like a robot actually robot (laughs) Um, i'm just saying like it's all going to be better it's going to be fine this is just a phase we're all going through um don't let it get you down and don't let it don't let it hinder your goals don't don't veer from your goals if anything i think now is the time to like push forward full steam ahead without any distractions you can't go out you can't eat out you can't go to bars you can't hang out with friends put your head down and do the things that you wanted to do all the time that you always told yourself you didn't have time to do because now you do have all the time in the world that's right God, I should be a motivational speaker. Although yeah. I think I'd make some people cry. I'm a little bit like no, 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 no. In your face, in your face. I take it, take it. Good. I'm like Gary V a little bit, <laughs> kind of. All right, guys. All right. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, message us, DM us, email yeah. us at nina at bydixon.com. Check out our stuff on our website, um, bydixon.com. B y d i x o n dot com. Brian has we some got, free. We got four products on there now. Mm-hmm. We have our intuition innovation book. We have a consciousness and tech book and. And then for free products, we've got uh, the books that I wrote a couple years back on cryptocurrency and blockchain that you yeah. can download for free. Yeah. And we're working on this new product we're super excited about that we're going to be polishing up here over the next couple weeks. And then we'll be starting to push that as well. And that'll be available on the site. Yeah. I also push out blogs every week on there too. So feel free to read those. And if you guys ever have any questions about anything, we're not uh, we're not unapproachable. We're yeah. very reachable people. Hit us people. up anytime. Um, Email, Instagram, text, whatever you have to do. We, we try to respond to everybody. We do respond to everybody. So um, please, let's keep the, the conversations flowing. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.